Welcome to season four of the To Health With That podcast, where we break up big health topics into small bites. I'm your host, naturopathic doctor, Amy Newsel, and this season, we'll dive into something we are all familiar with, fatigue. What is it? Why does it happen? Most importantly, how can we fix it outside of this? Coffee. Also, you can enjoy the video version of this podcast on YouTube. The channel is at To Health With That. Can't wait to see you there. This week, we're going to talk about the first two of four big patterns in sleep disturbance. Narrowing your sleep disturbance down to these four patterns can help you to really pinpoint what might be some of the causative factors. So paying attention to the ways you don't sleep really helps. Pattern number one is difficulty falling asleep. There are a number of factors that can contribute to this type of sleep disorder. So let's dive into some of the most common ones. Low melatonin. And this problem comes down to modern life. If you stare at a screen all day, like I do, it's pretty rich to expect your body to be able to make the sleep hormone melatonin, which uses nighttime darkness as a trigger. The answer here is not necessarily taking melatonin at bedtime, although that can help for some people. The answer is actually having a fixed wake-up time every day, getting 15 to 30 minutes of bright light in the morning, preferably natural sunlight, but if you live somewhere like I do, then you may have to invest in something like a full-spectrum light or a happy lamp, something like that. Also, it's important to give your body two hours of screen-free time before bedtime. And I know that seems like the Herculean task, but low lights and screen-free time really, really helps because we are not meant to face our eyeballs towards light sources. It's not what we're supposed to do. Magnesium deficiency. So magnesium is your body's natural and most important muscle relaxer. And if you're low on magnesium, then your body and mind stay more alert, more tense, more active, making it genuinely difficult to fall asleep. Other symptoms of magnesium deficiency include constipation, leg cramps or any other cramps, muscle twitches, restless legs, also estrogen dominance for women. Iron deficiency is another one. So iron deficiency makes you feel tired and weak and sometimes short of breath, and ironically, it also makes it more difficult to fall asleep. Some people with iron deficiency also notice restless legs and craving for ice, and also that their skin becomes more pale, more like sickly pale. Your iron levels are easily measured by your doctor, but make sure they, they look at red blood cell iron levels, hemoglobin, hematocrit, but also ferritin, which is your long-term storage form of iron. Sedentary lifestyle. I mean, we've all got one of these as well because of the staring into the screens problem. So the modern world is great at wearing us out mentally while we get literally no physical activity. It's a problem. If this is the case for you, it can seriously hurt your sleep. Even 20 minutes of exercise or active time during the day uh, can make a big difference. Pain. In this situation, it's best to work with a doctor or care team that are focused on your pain because unfortunately trying to work on the sleep on the back end isn't going to help unless you get the pain managed, right? High nighttime histamine is actually a big problem too. So histamine is one of the neurotransmitters that actually helps you to wake up in the morning, which is great. But if you have a lot of it at night, that can be a problem. Uh, high histamine sleeplessness sometimes looks like histamine problems with 
itching, waking up hot, mind racing, and kind of allergic symptoms. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just that racing mind keeping you awake. To help manage your nighttime histamine, avoid high histamine foods at bedtime, like aged cheese, fermented foods, leftovers, and also alcohol. Taking a binder like activated charcoal after that dinnertime meal can really help to gobble up some of that histamine. That is not a good long-term solution, but if a binder after that meal helps, then it's a good indicator that histamine really is behind it and you need to pursue getting that histamine down. The second big pattern is difficulty staying asleep. So the perfect sleep, you fall into bed, you drift off easily, and you wake up in the morning feeling rested. <laughs> Who does that? So here are some of the most common contributors to that problem. Number one, high cortisol. If you've been under a lot of pressure for a long time, which is everybody, then the system that takes the biggest hit is your adrenals. Your adrenals help your body respond to stress, but if you're constantly stressed out, then those poor little babies are pumping out hormones for all they're worth, and they get tired. We'll talk a lot about this further down in the season because this deserves its own whole chunk of time. But nighttime cortisol spikes are a common reason for nighttime waking. And they usually follow a pattern. Like I wake up every morning at 4 a.m., I'm awake for two hours, then I fall back to sleep 20 minutes before my alarm rings and then can't wake up because I'm so groggy. Doing everything you can to reboost your circadian rhythm, like the sunlight darkness trick, that will really help. And also melatonin can help because it balances out cortisol. But also, also, it's especially important if you think this is you to really work on balancing your blood sugars. Balancing your blood sugars can really help your adrenal health. With or without cortisol, blood sugar imbalances are a huge problem for sleep. So whether your blood sugar is unstable because of your adrenals or just because of your diet or genetics or whatever, low blood sugar is actually a life-threatening event, right? So your body's going to wake you up for that. <laughs> of course it is, because if it lets you sleep through it, you might be dead. So suspect low blood sugar if you crave sweets or carb-type foods, especially if you crave them in the middle of the night. But even if you're craving them before bed, that's a problem. If you wake up in the night hungry, it's often low blood sugar. Or eating makes you fall asleep more easily. That is also probably a blood sugar issue. If you notice any of these in yourself, really focus on a high-protein breakfast and a high-protein dinner. Anxiety. Nighttime anxiety ties into your adrenals as well, so this could be partly the cortisol stress issue, but it can be just plain old anxiety. Bummer. So if you wake up at night thinking about something you forgot to do, worrying about a coming event, or just worrying, then it's definitely time to find some healthy coping skills to help you with the anxiety. Keeping a pencil and paper and book light by your bed, right? Like one of those little lights that only lights up the page and not the room. That can help if you wake up thinking about work or creative ideas, because then you can just jot down your idea. You'll remember it. You can look at it tomorrow and then you can go back to sleep, hopefully. But if you're worrying about a loved one or something that's going on in your life, then learning some basic anxiety tools like meditation or how to break mental bad habits can really help. If you want to learn more about breaking mental bad habits, Go back and listen to season one, episode 34, which is called Breaking Mental Bad Habits. Today. Okay. Pain is also a factor in waking up from sleep. But again, this is best addressed by a pain specialist. There's no quick and easy fix. Restless legs or leg cramps. These are a nice, easy way to wake you up in the night. And it's typically a sign of one of three things. Magnesium deficiency, iron deficiency, dehydration. Your doctor can test your iron, but the other two are best explored by you at home. 
If your iron is fine, then try the magnesium and the hydration because those things are really crucial. If you feel like you do nothing but drink and the water just goes straight through, try adding some electrolytes to your water. That can really, really help. Histamine spikes in the night can certainly wake you up. Uh, and one of the most frequent culprits here is drinking alcohol in the evening. I hate to say it, but with age and higher histamine levels, we don't tolerate alcohol terribly well at bedtime, and it is definitely not conducive to a good sleep. As mentioned earlier, having a bit of activated charcoal before bed can help, but it isn't a long-term solution. Some distilled alcohol is lower in histamine, but it's still alcoholic, so there's still a histamine spike. Also, going to the bathroom. Lots of us wake up at night to go to the bathroom. Lots of causes for this, enlarged prostate, uterine or bladder prolapse, and many others. So it's probably a good idea to have this evaluated by your doctor or your urologist. But barring any structural problems, sometimes this comes down to timing and circulation. If you're drinking water too close to bedtime, that can obviously contribute to this. But also, if your circulation isn't great, then you'll notice that when you're standing up, you don't have to pee all the time. But as soon as you lay down, you have to pee every 15 minutes. That is an indicator that your circulation is not the best and your kidneys are getting most of the action at night when you're horizontal. If that's the case, you need to work on your circulation because that's a bigger problem than just your bladder waking you up at night, right? So cardiovascular exercise, taking care of your heart health, potentially, you know, talking to your doctor, all of those things. Thank you so much for watching or listening this week. I hope you enjoyed it. We will continue our conversation about the last two patterns in sleep disturbance next week. I would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast channel if you're listening on a podcast channel. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment or a thumbs up or a whatever. See you next week.